we will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. He is mad. He is crazy. Some say he never had any marbles at birth. Or maybe he's onto something. It's the Queery Cast with the Larry Queery Eye. It's not fearless. Just real talk. And now, here's your host. Hi, hi, hello, and hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode of The Criticast. The name is Larry, and this episode of The Criticast is brought to you in partnership with Aloft Garden Suites, uh, overnight com- accommodation in Harare. We're giving you a lot more information on that as we go. So what's happening in this week's episode? Zimbabwe announced level two uh, partial uh, lockdown extension by 14 days. No idea that we're at level one, so yeah, I will tell you what level two is. No idea what level we'll go to. I don't know if we're going to level three. <laughs> that's how weird it is. But uh, yeah, that's what's announced by President MSM Nangagwa. Then uh, in the uh, next section after that, and then which is called the love section, as always, I'll be talking about, um, you know, how long should someone stay engaged, especially given the COVID situation has resulted in some people extending their engagements involuntarily. But that's what's up. So what's the big story this week? DSTV's prices have gone up for the first time in four years in Zimbabwe. Of course, that's been greeted with a lot of like, oh, no, dude, what's happening? No. Ah, yeah. But, you know, you've got to really think about it in different ways. First and foremost, they haven't increased the price in four years. Okay, so from June the 1st, there's a significant increase in what you're going to pay for the different platforms or rather the different packages that they offer. And some people are like, oh, but people using Netflix, uh, are they worried about that? Well, they've got Showmax, to be honest. And so I don't think the multi-choice DSTV product uh, that is your satellite and so forth is the same as uh, the other thing that I was talking about, uh, as Netflix. So Showmax is pretty much a Netflix competitor. Yeah, some people say, all right, the uh, Netflix offers you, you know, a lot of content like this. It's not going to find on DSTV. But the other side of it was that uh, DSTV offers you live sport. And live sport is not by any stretch of the imagination cheap. In fact, if you go look at the United Kingdom, where there's a pay-per-view model for certain sports, you find that what you end up paying for, for as a pay-per-view uh, platform is a lot more than you're going to pay for in, in terms of DSTV. So... I understand their their business model is, but by no means am I advocating for it. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of price increases. I just wish everything was free and stuff like that. But unfortunately, this is the world we live and live in nowadays. And if you had a business that hadn't raised prices for four years, you're probably thinking, "Oh gosh, how am I going to survive?" Yeah, it is what it is. King Jong Un finally stepped out into the public um, onto national TV. After all the speculation that he had died because nobody had heard of uh, from him. I like his boss status. His boss status is pretty much uh, don't confirm or deny any rumors about you if you want to keep everything secretive about you. So people have been, you know, TMZs came out. We just found out that he's died. Meanwhile, dude is just calling out somewhere. You know, it's just just somewhere. He was just doing his thing. So Kim Jong-un, the North Korean guy, is still alive. So, sad news about Tony Allen, the, the, he and Fela Kuti created what we call uh, Afrobeat. The, he was the musical director for uh, Fela Kuti's uh, 
banned in the 1970s and uh, he went and went on to path on you're going to create the path for his own career but uh, what Fela Kuti said famously said that without Tony Allen Afrobeat would never have existed so rest in peace to him and then did you see that the other thing the other day uh, the, the Sadza and beef pizza that came out this Ed Chino farm what is it Ed Chi Ed Ed, Ed Chitanda is a chef out in in uh, Dubai, I had to look at my notes really quickly. They come up with a pizza that is a sadza and beef pizza. You call it a pizzazza. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be consuming that. Looking at the way he produced it, it kind of feels like it's just kind of like took sadza and then put meat on top of it. And they just served a little bit differently. I don't know. Some people are excited about it. A couple of friends say they've tried it out, but I don't know. We'll see. Probably in, like in the middle of the night when you can't sleep because, you know, you would drink at 10 a.m. instead of at night like everybody else because COVID-19 lockdowns have changed the way you live your life and everything just feels dystopian right now. Maybe you make a pizza in the middle of the night. And, oh, yeah, I should have talked about it a little bit earlier. The rent decree that was made by the government, which say gave a moratorium, uh, that say that rent could be deferred for, um, for the month of April until the announcement of the end of the lockdown because a lot of people have not been making money. And have got uh, depressed incomes. And because of that, uh, what happens is that you're going to, if you don't pay your rent for the month of April, then it gets cut into, you know, what you call it, uh, installments over a couple of months when after the, 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 the decree has ended, or rather after the lockdown has ended. And so what that means is a weird situation. Parents, well, not parents, in this instance, a friend of mine said her parent or parents were uh, getting their rent money as the primary income, which made life difficult for them. And then also you've got now another situation where people were living from hand to mouth or from paycheck to paycheck who are the tenants and they suddenly have to you know, top up that money that, they get, that they're supposed to raise every month to pay rent. And that creates another situation in which if they suddenly hit the new targets, what says that the landlord isn't suddenly going to say hey you know what that's the new price you're going to pay because you can actually raise it and on top of that in some instances in which the rent the the, the landlord and the tenant stay in the same house what do you do you've already got the tension that both uh, parties uh, are living the same house through uh, this COVID-19 and that really can't leave home suddenly this guy is staying in your house for free it's an odd situation so that's looking at the different from from different perspectives, and I, I think that's one of the things that the government is to do a lot more of. And then finally, sad news coming out: Peter Johns, the legendary DJ from the '90s in Zimbabwe, passed away. Rest in peace. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. 
So as I say, this episode of the Kudicast is brought to you in partnership with Aloft Garden Suites. Check them out. Their website is aloft.hospitalitygroup.co.zw. Situated in the avenues in Harare. Uh, just go between 7th and 8th and Sulu on 70 Sulu Avenue. They've got facilities such as Wi-Fi. They've always got electricity, always got water. So it's a nice place. Uh, and it's a big thing if you're in, in Zimbabwe. So you can get a great accom- an overnight accommodation at great pricing here in Harare. You're listening to the Criticast. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. So Zimbabwe decreed that uh, there'll be another 14 days of the lockdown. I'll tell you that the lockdown has gotten me going crazy, going insane, going uh, it hasn't really, really, because I've been able to go to the shops and just seeing strangers at the shops sometimes. It's just comforting. Just looking at strangers. Just be like, yeah, gawking at each other. It feels like one of those, you know, post-apocalyptic or apocalyptic type of films where people just look at each other like, oh, you are alive. <laughs> you are living. I want to touch you, but I'm told social distancing is supposed to be happening, so I can't touch you. And also, it might be socially awkward because I might touch you, and then you might think I'm touching you because there's something going on when there really isn't something going on, except for the fact that I miss touching human beings. That's a reality. Anyway, uh, just to tell you what, the level two lockdown that was suddenly announced, we didn't know there was a level two. First of all, we didn't know there was a level one. We didn't know there was a level three. Or is there, what levels are there to these things? It's like what the cool kids say, there's levels to this stuff. Anyway, uh, so level two was announced by President Emerson Nangaga, and he says that it'll be a gradual unlocking of the economy so that it starts working again. Some of the big things is industry and commerce are going to open, but uh, everybody's now required to wear a mask when they leave home. Industry and commerce are open between 8 and 3 p.m. Um, so that's what's the setup that, that will be there. The informal sector stays closed. Uh, public transportation is the only one that will be used and uh, passengers will be required to wear masks, have their temperatures taken and also sanitized before they, they embark on the journey. And there will be uh, a lot more checking in terms of what you need to do. Bars, clubs, schools, churches and gyms and other entertainment places remain closed. And uh, returning residents who come back to the country and international travelers uh, will be expected to be quarantined for 21 days. The first day uh, they'll be always, uh, um, tested on, they'll be tested on the first day, the eighth day and the 21st day. Everything's going to be mandatory. When they say that, um, he did mention international travelers. I don't know if that means that the borders are now open once again, because he said returning residents and international travelers. So does that mean the borders are open again? That's another thing. But a confirmation later on say that there's no intercity travel. So I don't know what that means for somebody who maybe had to go back to Bulawayo to go home and they're hearing that their their office is opening in Harare and they have to get back to Harare. Will they be allowed to travel? Uh, that the, the government is silent in that. And uh, uh, the, the wearing of masks for me is an interesting one because there's two things, two sides to it. In the United States, uh, there had been an increase in some forms of crime, uh, especially robbery, because people could just have their face covered with their mask and just wear a cap and you wouldn't be able to tell who they were. And that was also happening that the proliferation of, of crimes in parts of Eastern Cape in, in South Africa and other parts of the world. 
And remember that during the Hong Kong marches that were taking place in uh, December and January, well, for the longest thing, and it ended in January or were paused in January, whichever way when I look at it, due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, the government there wanted to stop people from wearing face masks so that they'd be able to identify uh, people who are protesting on the street. So I don't know, it's going to create a new kettle of pro- uh, kettle of fish in terms of problems. Um, I, there's no good way around this. This is there. Uh, there's a lot of data that's coming out of um, Italy, for example, and we're not really understanding it uh, in, enough. I mean, we're getting to understand this disease a lot better. That between the average age of people that died there was 79.4 years of age. And that uh, what people were calling pneumonia at that time was actually not pneumonia, but a sort of bronchial type of disease. And that ventilators were not actually helping people, but were actually harming them. So the data is actually going a bit strange. What, the, the, the ventilators are creating clots within the system and resulting in deaths. That is in some test cases that took place. So, And for men, or, or in terms of those who died below the age of 40, it turns out that uh, the majority of them, or rather all of them, were men. So I don't know how this disease is like taking out men. And finally, another important thing in terms of that study was that 99% of all the people that died in Italy had underlying diseases. Now, of course, some people are like, okay, so why are we acting up about it? I don't know, because I think a lot of us in Zimbabwe, uh, we might have underlying diseases we don't know about because we just don't visit doctors that much. But it's all complicated. I, I don't know. I think like most people do, erring on the side of caution. But I don't know if the, a large part of the world is beginning to think, hey, did we overreact on this? I certainly feel like in some instances, it does feel like some parts of the world are beginning to think, well, we shut down the whole world for something that wasn't as big as people like the World Health Organization and the planet uh, spaces made it sound. And my biggest beef with a lot of, you know, some spaces is that right now, instead of trying to get people to calm down, they're actually creating a lot more fear. I don't know. It's complicated. It's Larry and you're listening to The Criticast. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. So it is the final section of the Criticast. Uh, yes, and my name is Larry Criticast. Now, of course, COVID-19 has postponed a lot of things. I think I forgot to mention is that the, fifth, the ban on more than 50 people gathering is still there. Um, if in case you're asking about that. So funerals are still down to 50 people, under 50 people and under. Now, in the time of COVID, of course, uh, the question becomes, uh, how long can you keep a, a, a an engagement going on? And it's, it's, it's an interesting question because some people are like, okay, I can handle a year, but after that, it gets a bit twisted. And somebody says, oh, if it's not three months after, after engagement, then... It, it's all over the show. Now, what I'm talking about in here is your, your typically traditional black family in Zimbabwe. So within the white community, it's a bit different. But in the black family, it's a lot more complex in terms of marriages. Now, 
I think one of the key things is that I know a lot of people are, are falling in love with this whole idea of going one down on your knee and proposing to somebody and we're going to get married and stuff like that. And I've seen situations where some people are like, yeah, we're doing that, but just please don't put it on social media because the family has not talked and, you know, the parents might be an issue and stuff like that. Because uh, marriage is in, in, uh, in Africa, a lot of African settings, a lot of Zimbabwean settings are not surprise events. So parents don't find out that their child is getting married after, you know, whatever the case may be. I know that in some European systems, the first of all, negotiations uh, between the father and the son and the potential son-in-law so like we've opened talks that i intend to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage but in this in in african instances i know guys would just be sort of like hey um to get down on and we're gonna go see your your people yeah and this is after the groundwork has been done on the other side so that when the lobola is being paid for it's not some surprise event. A lot of people, are, the expectation in that is that it is a it's a ceremony in which an agreement is expected of some sort or the other, and in one way or the other, that there the, the will be a marriage, uh, whether it's because uh, you know it's forced through 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 negotiations and things of that nature. Now that's why the whole thing, the whole surprise, uh, uh, you know, surprise engagement is quite a strange thing for me uh the other side of it was i've always also wondered like among a black zimbabweans the the tendency often is or rather the situation they find themselves in is that we get married twice first of all the marriage and the family and then the wedding that is under the state that is recognized by the state and and in in and and you know if you go to church and things like that so you've got two huge expenses which then elongates what you call an engagement and then the question is is the traditional marriage situation then classified under your church as an engagement as opposed to you're now somebody's wife so you're now someone's husband is there what is the conversation around that it's a fascinating set of circumstances really i know it's generated other topics like should we get rid of lobola and and therefore just go straight to the wedding but I, I just don't really like dictating culture to people unless that culture is abusive and things of that nature. But I think we, we, we've done so much of stripping Africa of its own identity that to come and say that it has to get married in a very Western way, a Western way, which does not have to have any of its identity stripped. It, it's just unfair. And I think the the couple concerned need to have conversations and try and talk to each other's sides to see what works for them and also i think the misunderstanding around concepts of lobola and stuff like that uh, are, are a bit tragic because the way i say it once you pay the lobola that should be the wedding they, you could you just go and sign papers and stuff like that and everything's done cook and curry and uh, the, the whole of all I think I'm going to have it for next week's episode of the Criticast and can have the conversation get in touch with me on, on my social media platforms but I, I, I do think that when you talk about the length of the engagement I think the longer it is uh, the, the harder it is to commit fully to the marriage in terms of the wedding in terms of if you're deciding that the, the end result must be a formalized wedding. Of course, in some people, in instances, when you talk about Lobola, maybe they're looking at a 
a situation where it might become a polygamous relationship and both people in the relationship are aware of where it's going. But in the way, in the in the end of where we talk about the wedding, where there's the ring, the you know the romantic aspect. By the way, romance is presented by the movies is actually what's killed a lot of relationships. But that's a completely different kettle of fish. So I I don't know. It's it's something that is worth chewing a lot over. What do you think is the long is the period and how long should the period should be for a for a, an engagement? And if you know of somebody who has been involved an engagement that has taken long. Uh, how have they taken it? Share with me on my social media platforms at Quiridai on, on Twitter. On Facebook, just look for Larry Quiridai. Uh, Instagram, Larry Quiridai. Quiridai has got a Y-I at the end. So K-W-I-R-I-R-A-Y-I. This being my surname. Get in touch with me on email, Larry at 3-mob.com. Of course, uh, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Three Men on a Boat. Check, uh, check out um you know for 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 the critic cast if you start just googling it there's so many platforms on spotify on iono.fm shout out to iono.fm uh they got an amazing product as i said for uh african um uh, content producers they're hosting a lot of african content across the country great packages they can use you can get yourself on in as far as they're concerned and of course, I'm on, you can find it on which is just called iTunes, Apple Podcasts, yes, Podchaser, a lot of play uh, platforms where you can find the Criticast on. So just yeah, look for the Criticast, and you'll be able to listen to it and subscribe so that when a new episode is out, you won't miss it. Still not on radio for a bit until the COVID nineteen situation is done, uh, but excited uh, to have this period of creativity, working on a few projects. I've been working on other people's projects. I've never been talking about any projects that are supposed to come up. But yeah, when some people come and knock on you and say, can you do a project for me? Sometimes you put your own project on the side. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's it. And uh, what else is there to say? I leave you with the words of uh, Tyrion Lannister. I drink and I know things. That's what I do. I think that's what a lot of people are doing at the moment under COVID situations. It's been Larry. It's been the Criticast. Take care of yourself. Ah, Silvius, yes,